Gotta do better, no survival in this era if we turn it on each other Like a family reunited, they hate it when we together Now let's talk about it, listen to the teachers, let them tell you You won't fax behind your questions, Dr. Rick, give them that Followed by wise words, introducing Dr. Michael Black Many guests and activists every week leading by example When there's problems, there's solutions Together we are the answer The teachers Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick Wallace, and alongside me is my counterpart, Michael Blanchard. And today we have with us uh, Sherry Hill, who is an author, uh, a motivational speaker, hurricane survivor, former coordinator for the South Central Region of the Professional Football Players Mothers Association. Uh, affectionately known as NFL Mom. She's also the recipient of Newsom's uh, Newsom's Award Honor in 2016 in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, but most importantly, she is the proud mother of the late NFL player Marquise Hill, who was unfortunately killed in 2007 uh, in a jet ski accident on Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, also with us is a dynamic person in her own right, actress, singer, director, writer, producer, and philanthropist, uh, Benita Brisker, who is also the co-founder and president of AgriSmart Incorporated, an international ma management and farming company um, uh, in Cote d'Aville, Africa. She has worked with uh, some greats like Martin Landau, Mark Rydell, Ellen Burstyn, Al Pacino, and more. She's done over 70 plays. Um, and the the story behind how these two ladies came together and why they're on the same show is in itself extraordinary. Uh, Dr. Blanchard brought both of them to my attention. Uh, he seems to be the talent scout for the, for the show. Uh, I just show up. Uh, but in all, we've had some technical difficulties, so we're a little late getting on, and we may have some as we move forward. Just work with us. This story is worth hearing, it's definitely worth telling, uh, and we're happy to be a part of it. So, Doc, I'm going to let you take it from here, and I'm going to slide back. All right. And then I'll yeah. get in where I fit in. First, uh, Sherry, I'm glad you're here, and Benita also, I'm glad you're here as well. I, I struggled with having you both on because once I uh, saw your bios, uh, each of you actually could have, have been a separate show. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I wanted to have Benita on because uh, she's uh, paramount in uh, you uh, doing an actual movie on uh, your son's life. But, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, both of you have also worked in the area of uh, overcoming loss and trauma, I see. Uh, when I look at uh, Benita's uh, body of work and I look at your body of work uh, with the three books, and I'm going to hold them up, uh, the book uh, Marquise Hill Story, uh, from the cradle to the bowl, uh, journey to Mount Freedom, 
um, and the linesmen. When I read through these books and I looked through uh, Miss Brisker's Brisker's bio, uh, the thing that stood out to me was you all are helping people overcome loss and trauma, um, and that's something that we we definitely need uh, in our community. So um, I'll start out with Sherry, and then I'll bring you in, uh, Miss Brisker. And uh, the first thing I want to ask Sherry is um, to um, tell our viewers where you're from and uh, your family upbringing. Uh, and when did you decide uh, you, you wanted to actually write? Oh, I'm sorry. I think your mic is off. State is Alabama. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Uh, but I've been in New Orleans over 40 years. My son was born in Louisiana. Uh, my intentions were not to write the book. I just happened to start writing it three days before my son's accident. I'm actually as an art major. I usually paint portraits and stuff, but I veered off into something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it wasn't my intentions, but I, you know, I had to write it after I started writing it before his death. And um, so I just been a single mom. So I just kind of like advocate and work with single mothers and go to different institutions like prisons or what teenagers are, juvenile detention centers and schools. I'm a former teacher as well. Okay. So I'm used to the youth and that's why I like to do a lot of my work. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I want to ask you about uh hey, here. Yeah, I hear you. I want to ask you about a quote from the uh journey to Mount Freedom. Um and the it it talks about the reason you left. I want to read that to you and ask you a question about that. Um mm -hmm. it says when I look at the picture of you of your silhouette in the sunset on the lake, it puts me in a daze, although it has been a few years since you left me, son. It seems like yesterday. The signs were there, I can say. The pain hasn't left me, but I have learned to live with it anyway. It was hard to accept the reason why you left me, but every now and then, in a quick notice or stare, the Lord's- Hey doc, they're saying, for some reason, they're saying they can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. But they can't hear Benita, us. has a problem hearing. Uh, her her mic is off. Maybe well, her. Uh, her mic is off. Can, can you I'm hear now? To... Her mic shouldn't have anything to do with her hearing, though. Now she she can't. We can't hear her now. It's uh, audio. Check. Have her check. Yeah. Call check. Call her and tell her to log out and log back in. Her audio didn't pick up on either side. That's why she can't hear. Okay. It, it knocked out. So let's see. He said your audio, it didn't log in. So in go in and out. To the log out and log back in. Log out and log back in. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Log in. 
you know, log out and then log back in, right? Am yes. I right? Yes. Yes. Okay. She says she's gonna try it. Okay. I didn't log out or log in, but I, I do hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good, good. All right. Awesome. So, yeah, Sherry, I was reading uh, the section in the book on the reason you left. The reason what you left. motivated you to write that in the book? Oh, the reason you left? Oh, yeah. What was I was motivation? kind of reminiscing. I was just reminiscing of my son leaving, and I just kind of like, start doing poems <laughs> and but, but one thing we we uh we had discussed my son i had a, a dream about eight or nine years ago and i dreamed of a huge film but i didn't know who was in the film and then i asked him one time was he playing in the, was he playing on being an actor so i saw him in a movie so I don't know. I guess I was just reminiscing on off of that after his death, you know. And um, right. I think that's mostly what motivated me. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Marquise growing up, like his childhood, you know, uh, elementary, junior high, high school. What type of uh, young man was he growing up? Um, uh, Marquise. Uh, I try to put everything in kind of chronological order in the book, but he grew real fast. He was about my size at eight years old. Wow. Every time when he was in the seventh and sixth grade, they always thought he was the assistant teacher because he was walking around there and the kids was standing behind him in the bottom, you know. Yeah. So he's always been fast growing. And I say about twelve or thirteen years old. He was like six five. So, um, he had a lot of trauma during school, which I didn't realize it until he confessed to me, and that was heartbreaking. And matter of fact, it was two incidents. Uh, one school that they recruited him. They started recruiting him in junior high school, and. The school that he was recruited to was out of this area, and it was in another area, and it was real racist, and that's this place where he got arrested. And I was upset about that. But to make a long story short, um, he, he pretty much checked his own self out at the school because the principal told him, just sit back there and learn football. Don't worry about books. And he felt yeah. that was an insult. And at eight, in the eighth grade, I thought that was very uh, mature, understanding where you want to go in, in life. You don't want nobody to just pass you over because of your physical ability. Right. Uh, did you like first I, I, don't, I know you did. Hmm. I didn't hear go you. Ahead, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm waiting on you to say something. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, when did you when did you first know he was special in terms of an athlete and a student? Pretty much I didn't because I didn't want him to play nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> I just told him I didn't think football was good and you know, because I was afraid of him getting hurt. <laughs> so but my brothers, I have four brothers, and my brother played at Alabama, and, you know, and, well, my brother was the last player on uh, Bear Bryant's team. He was the pallbearer. But football kind of ran in my family. 
So yeah. if it was left up to me, he wouldn't have never played football. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I was just trying to keep uh, food on the table because one time he told us he was sick and he was playing football in high school. And we, he said, Mom, I don't feel like going to church. And we came home. My mom had cooked two hens, and we got back with nothing left but the back. My mother said, you're not that sick. <laughs> so, so trying to feed yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> so what role he threw I stopped buying bikes. That was over. I said, if they're not made out of steel, I'm not buying them more bikes. Yeah, that's it. This is over with. What role does spirituality play in you and Marquise's life? Oh, it played a major role. Uh, I was raised in a God-fearing family, and we made sure that my son carried that, you know, in his life. Uh, always respected the elderly, helped the elderly. Um, it played a major role. We was a, we are God-fearing God people, my family is, and we try to stay around those type of people as well. But it played it played a major role. <laughs> hey Doc, I have a question, uh, and I may be jumping forward, and you guys can always jump backwards, but you know me, I may be jumping forward. But I want to make sure that we get in the time we have a panoramic view of this entire story. So my question is, how did you become uh, connected with uh, Benita Brisker? Uh, and how has that played out since you two came together? Because it's funny when I start to talk about the two of you, both of you smile. <laughs> and, and so, so that tells me that there's definitely uh, a connection there. So tell me how that came about. And then, uh, Ms. Brisker, you can tell me why you're passionate about doing what you're doing with, uh, Terry. Okay, she could answer that. Because I can I can I ask you a question first? Because I may need to log off and log back in. Because it, is it only me having technical difficulties hearing you and the computer freezing? Do I? Is it me or is everybody experiencing? No, it's it's only happening with you, and it's intermittent. It may be uh, a Wi-Fi bandwidth issue. For, you know, it happens sporadically. Even if you've got good Wi-Fi, it could just be that moment when everybody around is using uh, a particular band. Uh, but yeah, it's it's some background noise with I, you, and you're freezing up. I, I, I never had the issue, so I'm wondering maybe I should uh, get off and seems like it went away because it's a lot of static. It's a lot of yeah, you know, freezing. I don't hear. I I I feel like I'm not participating because I can't hear you guys, but suddenly boom it's clear <laughs> so but yeah you know, that's because I, I think as it comes to me and i'm speaking but when it's on you guys i'm so sorry i can't i can't hear and i it's a lot of static well yeah try to log out and come back in log out completely and come back in sometimes the system doesn't pick up the audio correctly correct 
And see, we lost her again. Is she coming? Yeah. Yeah. We lost her. No, we can't hear you. Yeah, log off. Log back off and back on. Okay, we can go ahead and proceed. We'll get back to that when she comes back on. So, uh, uh, I guess... You know, how did you guys meet? <laughs> well, uh, Benita, Benita was, well, she'd been between, between Maryland and California. She has a entertainment business out there. And it was a friend of hers that lived in Texas that knew me. And he used to work with her. So that's how we kind of connected. He put us together. Matter of fact, he sent her my book. <laughs> okay. okay. And after we met, guess what? My son born on her birthday. <laughs> so she wow. think it's well, she feel like it's automatic connection. <laughs> right. I know that part. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't believe in coincidences either. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, Doc, that's that's what I want to know. I just want to kind of know how that connection came about. So uh, mm-hmm. you, you you can jump back to where you were. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Sherry, uh, May 28, 2007, that was actually my 41st birthday. But that okay. was also uh, a day that I know that date resonates with you. Tell us about uh, how that day started for you and, and, and what transpired on that day, May 28, 2007. When my son had flew in from... Uh... Baltimore, you know, for the Memorial Weekend. And matter of fact, he had just signed a couple of T-shirts for a fan. And it was a pretty day that day. And um, he said, Mom, I'm going to go get, tell them to go get me a marker because somebody came up to him because they came to the house and they wanted him to sign. So he signed. And uh I think that happened the day before, and then the next day, um, he told me he wanted to go jet skiing, but I didn't want him on a jet ski. I didn't want him with a jet ski. Um, the the guy, the salesman, had came all the way from the airport. Uh, the other doctor that I know, he said he's been to New Orleans before, so he know how far that can be. He had drove all the way from... Uh, the airport to bring my son out there to get this jet ski. He left his job. And he and I, the guy had it. We had it out. I told him, I said, I want my son with a jet ski. Why did you follow him home with a jet ski? You know, didn't even give him a jacket. I see, you know, I was very angry and upset about it. And to make a long story short, that's when he bought this jet ski. Once he got it, we was in the middle of Katrina. You know, this was two years after Katrina. Right. So the jet ski had sat there a while, and then he decided he want to go out and do a little jet skiing. But see, my son always lived near water. He loved to swim. He was an excellent swimmer. Mm -hmm. And we had an argument about him getting on the jet ski again. I told him I didn't want him on the jet ski. And... And I told him, I said, Marquise, I said, um, when something don't start, that means it's not good to go on it. 
Oh, mama, you're always superstitious. You're always superstitious. I said, I'm not superstitious. I'm just saying what people, old people used to say. Sure enough, he got it started. Then when he got it started, you know, the trailer that you roll it on, mm-hmm. the tire went out. And I didn't know that until the guy around the corner at the Tire Kingdom, that's before they changed it from NTB or NT, NSTB or whatever that place is. He told me that he said, Miss Hill, this tire went out on that thing. So I, I was at home. We was had people over. We had barbecue, blah, blah, blah. It was a Memorial weekend. And, and I know it was getting dark, and I just got that call from the lakefront. Um, they told, see, was out there with a, a classmate. It wasn't his girlfriend. And they told me, they said, Miss Hill, Hill uh, Marquis been involved in an accident. They didn't tell me they couldn't find his body. So I just lost it from there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I went out there, but it was dark. So I just came back home. But he saved the girl. Uh, in the middle of all of it. And um, we were just sitting around. We were looking at videos and stuff like that, doing a normal thing. And they found this body that next morning, the next morning, it missed on that Sunday and Memorial Weekend. That Monday was going to be Memorial, Memorial Day. And then they found this body that Monday, Monday or that Tuesday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And believe me, it's, it's, it's a life-changing story. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> I mean, I can't explain the feeling. Uh, since that time, I had two cousins to lose their sons. One lost her daughter and one lost her son. And she said, Sherry, I was here for your son's funeral, but I didn't know it felt this way, you know. Mm-hmm until it happened to me so you expect to your children to bury you not you bury them so absolutely it's very it's very difficult that's bonita calling me okay go ahead you take it hello You said it, the link is not in the body of the email anymore. They okay, can send I'll... it. You're going to send it now. Okay. She said, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I can go ahead. Yeah, what type of, what type of support did you have and what type of support do uh, parents or anyone uh, do you think they need during that time? What, what, what helped you through all of this? What continues to help you? Uh, at that time, my mom was living. Um, prayer is the only thing that really got me through. My book really uh, helped me a lot. I mean, because I had to deal with all, you know, I, I call it the dirtiness of the business, but I mean, what it is is what it is. You call a spade a spade, and that's what I call it. But, uh, it wasn't no support system. I mean, you know, you have uh, parents in this where I live at, this kind of what you call Mayberry out here, but it's mostly white, you know, 
got a lot of blacks and that's something that they do have a grieving but i'm not i wasn't familiar with it but i this happened before i moved over here so you know that was past tense i moved over here right out i say about a year after his death maybe six months but i didn't connect but i was still working with the government at the time so but i uh, i didn't really have no support uh basically i did a whole year of writing with my book because I had all the chapters written out in the title of the book written out when the accident happened. So I was just adamant about getting it done. So that's what I did. So for a whole year, I was pretty much zoned out. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, dealing with trauma in my line of work, one of the hardest mm-hmm. things I've had to do for a couple of my friends um is help them get through get through bearing their children which is probably the most unnatural thing that you can do in life right bury a child i haven't experienced it but i have worked with three friends one his daughter died at 19 from cancer another one her son was murdered at Uh 19 and the other lost hers in a car accident right Uh, and you, you you never I don't think you ever wrap your head around it completely. I don't think you do. I, I you know, dealt with a couple people who are well into it, probably like you, you know, almost 20 years into it. And you're still looking at it and, it, and it's it's a faded cloud and you and you're going over all the things that happened that shouldn't have happened for it to happen. Yeah. And I think the thing that really underwrote you and stabilized you was the book you had something to invest yourself in that was connected to him that literally allowed him to live <laughs> yeah after the right and, and so that's that's the thing you have to do when you're dealing with trauma at that level you've got to find a way to make it work and make sense for you or it eats you up and so you having that book for a year after you losing him, you still had him close. Yeah. Every day you're engaging him in a way that you can. And the biggest part of it is you controlled it. Control is real big when dealing with trauma. The less in control you feel, the more traumatized you become. And so you just happen to be in a situation. It's almost like God was preparing you because you said you said that you had actually start writing it a few days before it. It happened. So literally God was preparing like, hey, you know, you're going to need this right now. It, it, it's a it's something you're just doing, but it's eventually going to become your life. And it opened doors for you and it connected you with people. I think we finally have uh, Benita back on. It looks like everything is going good. Oh, uh, my goodness. That <laughs> shit. All right. yeah, so, uh, so, Doc, uh, continue on. Yeah, so Benita, we want to bring you back in. Tell us about uh, the relationship you have with Sherry and what you all are up to. Give us the inside scoop as to uh, when we can expect this movie, um, because I know you're a producer, you're an actress, uh, you're a writer. Um, What's going on behind the scenes, if, if you can give us a sneak peek? Absolutely. And if you could just give me 10 seconds, 20 seconds, to thank you because I know I'm behind. I've been, it, my, my technology 
was awful. My computer crashed, so I used my cell phone and it let me down. Um, I I couldn't hear one thing. You know, I don't know where you are, but I'm so I, I, I'm not going to waste time on on anything. But I want to thank you guys. Um, it's such a pleasure to meet both of you, Dr. Rick and Dr. Blanchard. Obviously, you men are. Uh, you know, prolific and touching lives of, of everyone, our youth, and, and assisting us and uplifting. I came in on you encouraging Sherry, and and it's really important what the work that you're doing. I have I didn't. It's too early. Hair my face and and and, and as, aspire us to our higher selves and, and and get through this thing called life. Because yeah, we've all suffered tragedies, and and your work is just. Um, I'm really happy. I didn't have a lot of time to do this, but I wanted to meet you guys and the work that you're doing. I'm, I, I was just really happy to be a part of it. So yeah, and to answer your question, um, we are in the development stage of the Marquise Hill story. And I call it the Sherry Hill story also, um, because it's really um, a prolific story. Her, her life, her writing the book, I came in on you talking about her writing the book and um, her son's story, Sherry's story is one to be told. I, I'm really extremely proud to be a part of it. Um, in his very short lifetime, he made such an impact on the world, not only because of his talented abilities as a, a standout football player, but his his abilities as a, his standout um, characters, characteristic of being just a standout human being as Sherry, as she raised this gentle giant as you've talked about the, her being an author of these, you know, several books, um, it was very, um, when, when I read that, she to me by a friend and, and I read the book and I, it, it mesmerized me, you know, I said, we got to bring this story to life. You know, it's a story of, of, of true love. It's a story of heartbreak. It's a story of, um, you know, overcoming the, the, um, tragedy of her son's death. Um, it, it talks about a mother's pain, very deep inside the core of her soul. It, it's, you know, it, it's a story of survival. It's a story of um, a surviving spirit, a story of strength. So naturally I was drawn to this. And uh, as I said, we're in the development stage of producing this together. And, uh, and we are a little way from it, it weighs from from the production. We're talking to several companies about it. Um, the script is being written. Um, we're having some fantastic meetings with some heavy hitters about it, and I think it's gonna uh, turn out to be something really, really, really special. So we're taking our time with it, and we're not rushing the process. You know, it takes a long time yeah. to something to, to produce a film, and especially when you want to do it on the level that we've decided to do it on, because nowadays with the advent of these cameras that can shoot a film and, and you can get things done for a lot less money, we want to keep it on a, a level of um, the films that were, you know, that we see on the big screen, and we want right. to shoot it in film. We may decide to go to digital, but we want to shoot it in film and, and 70 millimeter if we can. And we want to make it as a football story. It's a coming of age story. So we we really want to do it justice. So you can expect something, you know, within the next coming years. It'd be awesome. We get so close. People say, oh, we want to do this and we're going to do it. And then they don't come up with, you know, the money. So we're we have two plans. We're going to shoot it ourselves 
with the help of some independent, you know, filmmakers and 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 use our own money, or we're going to get some studio money. We prefer to get the studio money and do it on our own money. And then, you know, so, right. I mean, uh, have you uh, had a chance to tell her about Tony? Dot. No, no, I haven't, and that's something we'll have a conversation about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He 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 has been able to pull some pretty. Uh, exciting things off he's a filmmaker and uh independent filmmaker out of new york and um he's pretty creative in in the way that he's been able to executive produce his work uh so just another pathway i and 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 the things that you are talking about i think is extremely important because the story everything that i've been able to gather because i've been talking to some people uh you know i have a background in sports and athletics as well and so I know a lot of people who were in the league around the time that he was. And so I've just been asking, Hey, you know, I haven't found anybody that didn't like him. You know, that that's the the first thing that pops out is he's likable. He's approachable, you know? So when you have somebody like that, they didn't just live their lives. They touched lives. He touched a lot of lives. And the mother's story is always going to resonate because we have so many single black moms that know what it's like to raise a black man in a white man's world and what that means and how scary it is. And she was just talking uh, while you were trying to get things straight. Now she was just talking about all the little protective things she was trying to do. And that's this thing that when it comes to being a male, there are things we're going to go search out and do. And mama's going, don't do it all the way from playing football to getting on that jet ski. And the thing is what she has is the love she poured into him. We didn't have him long, but you see it in the way he lived his life. And I just believe, and this is me, that this production is going to expose the love which the black community needs so terribly is love and to see it and nobody pointing fingers and nobody talking anybody down but just talking about what it's like to persevere we're not even realizing that this is two years on the hill of katrina yeah exactly and and he did some amazing things during that time i don't know if sherry mentioned some of those things it's going to be in the story obviously but yeah he the 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 name of the script uh well we were talking tossing around many titles uh after katrina is one of the titles that we had um the the super bowl after katrina we we've tossed around a lot of uh, titles because he did some amazing things for the survivors of Katrina. And um, he reached out, he built homes, he did a lot of things for after Hurricane Katrina. So we talk about Katrina. There are a lot of events in this story. And you're right, it is a, it's a love story. And, and we talk about the, a mother's love. And and that's why I say we're you know this is not just Marquis Hill's story it's Sherry Hill's story so, mm-hmm. so we um, yeah we're very very I'm super excited we're both very excited and all the people that we talk to are really excited about it we're just trying to to make it happen and and so it looks like we have a team right here with you know <laughs> with what we just talked about you Dr Blanchard and uh, you Dr Rick and and your friend Tony let's see, let's yeah let's have a talk. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Lindsay, um, 
he he uh, wrote and produced a movie called Where Hearts Lie. If you look okay. it up, okay. Um, and we definitely will get uh, you all connected because this may be something that you can do together. And the interesting th interesting thing about his production is he wrote and produced it and financed everything himself. You know, like nice. you said, technology is allowing many of us to to go into our money and, and do our own music, produce our own yeah. uh, content. You know. And the content is very much lacking. Uh, and today, I don't know how you feel about it as a producer and writer, right? but we do need to have more content that is about love and, and uplifting people instead of tearing down. Uh, we, we see a lot of the shows on now that uh, are just uh, celebrating dysfunction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's unfortunate. And, and you know, I, I turn off to it and, um, and so that, this is one of the reasons why, you know, I had to sit down with you two because of what you're doing. You're encouraging people to their higher selves, aspiring us to do better yeah. through this tough period. Because it's been really, really hard. It's crazy what's going on out in this world, out in these streets. Oh, <laughs> oh my right. We've we've been through a lot. We've been yeah, through a lot. Really busy. <laughs> it's been really difficult. It's been a difficult time for all of us, and and unfortunately, mm -hmm. with um, you know, like you mentioned, the 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 um, people are desperate, and yeah. and we're promoting fear, and right. and the media promotes fear and and violence, and and so you know, our kids are. If they've been fed that, you know, subconsciously, consciously, it's in their, it's almost like it's in their DNA, you know, because when when you look at, it's hard to turn off from the news, but you look at the news and you see what's going on every single day with our youth, it is, it, it, it we, we have to lift each other up. And, yeah. and um, I see it every day. Uh, I'm an administrator in, in uh, the sixth largest school system. America and, and I see it every day uh, in our schools. It's it's so toxic, you know. The cell phones oh, yeah. and everything just causes a, a it causes a very toxic uh, school climate. So yeah. uh, I definitely see it every day in my in my field. Of <laughs> I know you too. Right. In a sense, it, in, in a sense, it's fascinating. I mean, we're we're in biblical times now. These these historical times that we've read about that we're now living and experiencing. And so what are we going to do about it? And, and uh, how are we going to get through these times? And, 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 and obviously, you know, it's with, with platforms like yours and it's with, you know, each other and reaching out and teaching, uh, uh, you know, promoting well-being and, and, and health and those things that, that you're doing, which is, you know, again, why, why, why I, why I'm here. I didn't have time for this. I, I gotta sit down with these brothers here and 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 say hello and say I'm 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 with you, you know. And obviously Sherry and I, um Sherry a, a wonderful friend of mine. And when she asked me, I said, girl, I I, I can't. And she said, Well, you know, if you could just come on for a minute and talk. And then I, you know, had a moment to look you guys up. I said, oh, I got to do it. So I pushed some things off and said, I got to sit down with you guys. And and so I'm really, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, whenever we can get together again, um, I, I love that. And um, 
So I guess enough of me talking, but I'm I'm just thrilled at, at what you two are doing and, and um congratulations. That's awesome. You know, let's keep it going. Keep it going. The dialogue is it's so important. Right. So, and especially when it's coming from, you know, two strong black men, you know, touching the lives of, of, of uh, men. We, we, we're, we're in a crisis here. And, and it, it, you know, it's not, it, I don't want to promote fear because this is nothing new. We've been going through this for, from the beginning of time, really. It's just, right. a, it's just, it's just a new day. And it's the mm -hmm. same soup in the, in the pot. And we just got to put some different ingredients in it mm -hmm. and make and it, stir it up. make it and stir it up and make it, make it better, make it taste better, make it go down. Make a better it. gumbo. And that's, that's, and that's, that's, and it's, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. So, you know, so, Benita, I told him you all, you were born on the same birthday with my, my son was born on your birthday. That was a, so that she, was a sign. That was a sign. <laughs> And and I and I said that I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, right. I, I think that things align for a reason. It's kind of funny because you guys are on a plane similar to the plane that Dr. Blanchard and I have been on for nearly ten years, where he came in as a supportive voice to me uh, at a time when I was really fighting to push through in the work I was doing, and we became friends and colleagues, and uh, we decided to do things, and we confided in each other, and we we tend to go parallel through life we're experiencing personal things like simultaneously that's crazy <laughs> but uh, you, talk, you talk about fear uh and how it's being promoted and it's purposefully done uh there are a yeah. lot of things that come out of fear anxiety and worry one of the things is physical illness uh another is mental illness and we are seeing it play out in in real life in real time and that's something that's happening in our world uh thanks to social media and the internet now we get information before the news stations do it's happening in real time, in real it's like, time damn, it's like you're looking at it and mm -hmm. the the problem is we the, the the most beautiful thing i heard benita say was what we need to do See, that's the thing that Sherry did when she lost Marquise is she did something. Yes. When you do something, you take power. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, I can't control what just happened, but I control how I respond to it. Yes. I control how it will impact me. Yes. And when I look at parents and study, you know, this is one of the things I do in, 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 in my focus in trauma is I look at how people deal with it in different areas. When I look at the area of parents having to bury their children, the ones who thrive are the ones who take action. It becomes a passion. They advocate. If it's something that negatively happened that had something to do with policy or statutes, they're lobbying in Washington. They, you know, if it's something that happened to do with love, in this instance, it was just simply saying, I'm going to finish the story. And that's powerful. I'm going to, I didn't get to choose when that portion of the story ended, but I get to finish it. You know, it, 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 there, there's so much power. We have just instinct power that we aren't aware of. And if we could teach that in schools, in, in, in just everywhere, but it starts in the school and at home because the power of the breath 
if you take a moment and you just breathe through some stuff, mm. it'll make you make a different choice. You don't have to just rush out there and do something haphazardly and, and commit a, 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 a crime or commit um, a, some, a, a wrongdoing. If you just take a moment in the, that strong power that you have, breathe through it, breathe, or you just learn how to breathe, you would make a different choice in your life. And, 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 and it's because it doesn't have to be that difficult with what the way we feel. And, 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 and I'm just a witness for what I've been through in my life. Like we all are talking about the things that we have simultaneously gone through together. Those things that we probably all four of us went through the same exact thing at the same time, you know, not only because we are people of a certain age, but because, and, and the experience that comes with life but because it's just human nature and if we just took right. a minute to you know to 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 just listen to each other and breathe through listening because sometimes it's hard to listen it's like you don't want to hear that <laughs> but you listen and you breathe through it and you learn from each other and you express that i'm i'm listening it it, it just makes such a difference so so yeah it starts with what are we going to do about this thing that we're in. I, I, I was um, getting some gas and this guy came up to me, you know, he had the teardrops, the tattoo, and he looked menacing. And, you know, I asked him, how was his day? Because he might have been coming to hit me with something and um, looked a little menacing. And, and I said, how was your day? And, and his whole thing changed because he came at me hard. I caught this brother getting ready. You're my purse. And then <laughs> I said, how was your day? And I, what are you going to do today? And I just started talking to him. And then he just started talking to me about him and his mom and and he, and he that he made some bad choices in his life. I said, well, you can change that, like right now. And you don't have to, you know, and just those little t tiny things. And that that lifted me up just to right. be able to talk to him. It, made, it helped my day. Right. Let me tell you what happened. And I don't even, I think that again, when we allow ourselves to be connected to God, God gives us the things to say and do, even when we don't know why. But let me tell you what happened. There's never been anyone more exposed in the world than the American, the African-American woman, but there's never been anyone unseen like the African-American male. Mm. We don't exist except for when someone can get something out of us. We are a good football player. We are a good athlete. We 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 have something to add to somebody's growth. Even on a personal level, how much money do you make? If you ain't making a good money, we don't see you. We want high value, man. That means you got money. So if you don't have none of those things, you're unseen. And it goes all the way back to Jim Crow segregation where black men weren't even allowed to look white men in the face. And so what do we do? We developed this thing when we would pass each other, we would silently give a head nod. What were we saying? I see you. You're not invisible because I see you. And it was our way of acknowledging each other without anyone else knowing what we were doing. And it's how we lifted each other. The moment you spoke to him and asked him how his day was, he felt acknowledged in a world mm -hmm. where he felt invisible. In that yeah. moment, whatever he was planning on doing, shut down it. And that's one of the things when I talk about socialization and when I talk about things, I had somebody challenge me 
on the effectiveness of socialization, which is one of the most common understood concepts in all of social uh, social studies. But anyway, one of the things that I learned is a couple of things when it's coming to dealing with African-American adolescent and young adult male violence. Number one is that, that you can't necessarily, number one is the number one thing that drives it is the feeling of being disrespected. Well, being neglected, ignored is a form of disrespect to most men. When you act like I, I'm not standing here or you don't see me or you don't understand what I'm going through, you're ignoring me, that's a form of disrespect. When you acknowledge me, it makes me feel heard. That's so powerful. The other thing that blew my mind in my studies and learning and how I personally deal with young boys who at any moment, in any situation in time when I'm doing this, could easily pull a gun and kill me because this is the environment I'm in. Yeah. But what I found is they will get upset. They're hot. They're ready to tangle with the other guy that's there. We may be playing basketball or, or chess. And all of a sudden, something mm -hmm. pops up. What I found is just by being recognized as an elder, <laughs> recognized as something they actually respect, just by putting my hand on their shoulder. Uh -huh. It doesn't necessarily get rid of the anger, but it stops the action. Yes. Again, tells me that I don't care where you're at. Most of them can be reached. The problem is we have a tendency of looking at them and actually judging them through the lens of a Eurocentric idea of how they should be behaving and then throwing them away. Yeah. Now, some of them need to be put away because they're untouchable. They can't be helped. But a lot of them are begging to be helped and we don't see it. There's an old African saying, and then, Doc, I'll let you take it, that says that if the, if, if the child can't feel the love of the village, he'll burn it down to feel its warmth. Ah, yeah. wow. Yeah. 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 And what we don't realize is we got the kids burning the village down. Yeah. Yeah. And what we want to do is just throw them away to the system. No, we need to feel why. Ask them why they don't feel loved. That's right. You know. What happened in, in a lot of these homes, parents are so hurt, struggling and trying to figure out things. They don't know how to love because they weren't loved. And you know what happens in, in, in Africa, in the villages, there's a, a wayward child that's done some harm or something wrong, you know, has, 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 you know, robbed somebody or done something that it gets back to the village. They bring that child back to the village. They put him in the middle of the village. They surround him. It could be a hundred people surrounding him and they love up on him and they remind him of who he is and who he came from and, and, and what this village stands for. And they love up on him and love up on him instead of throwing him away in jail, which they do have jails over there, but they do this first to right. try to reach this kid. And, and, what and I read a story in that same sense that there's a village in Africa where the moment that a mother finds out she's pregnant, she literally leaves the hut or whatever, and she goes out and there's this tree. Mm -hmm. And she sits at this tree and she comes up with this melody and she writes this song. And this song is for this child and this child only. Once she gets the melody, she goes back to the village and she teaches everybody in the village this song. The moment that the child is born, everyone in the village sings the song. Every time, for up until the child is like five or six years old, he passes by something, they're singing his song. And what happens is this song is telling him he's powerful or she's powerful, she's beautiful, she, he's handsome, he's strong. He's, it, it's giving him a, and her their identity. 
Yes. And then what happens is when the child grows old and goes wayward, which children do, the village pulls them back in and they sit in the middle and they sing the song. They sing that song. They remind yeah. them of who they are. Yes. Well, you got a bunch of children that don't know who they are. Yeah. No. And the easy thing is to sit up and say, it's too late. And then talk about, oh, my God, shaking my head. All the things we love to do when we see the terror that they're reigning. Yeah. What we don't realize is if we don't put a stop to it, there won't be a village. Yeah. Let's go up. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's awesome. That's so true. Dr. Rick, sounds like you spent some time over in, in Africa. You've been there? Not yet. I'm headed. All right. <laughs> my fear is if I go, I might not come back. I know. I not come back. I, I I gotta be careful. Yeah, because it, it, it that that happens. I'll go over and I say I'll be gone for two weeks. It'd be six months, and you you know. Miss <laughs> yep. Benita, I want to ask you about uh, Doc. Just talked about overcoming loss and trauma and, and uh, socializing our young people. Um, I was looking at your bio, and uh, I wanted to ask you what happened to couch the BET mental health series. Cause as I hear him talk, you know, I'm thinking that maybe you might be able to pitch another type series like that on BET. Oh, I, you know what? Help a lot of people, at, you know, at once, you know? I, I would love that. A lot of, um, and, and thank you for asking that question. You know, a lot of people who so, so you asked me what happened on, on the couch. I, yeah. I, I was an actor on the couch. I played the mom and, and um, something's going on with my screen. So forgive me for, for, cause I switched platforms. And so now I, you're coming in and out, but I think we, at least you can hear me, but I played yeah. the mother um, to, it, it's a mental health series that, that's um, you, it sounds like, you know, about the series and um, they have 30 minute short films. On, on the series, and I, I think they're going into their third season now. And um, I played a mother who tortured her child and berated her child about her weight. My my daughter was a, um, a beautiful model, and I told her she wasn't thin enough, and it led her to bulimia and, and mental health issues and anorexia. And... Um, uh, so, so that that is what my series was about. Um, but and I, I played with some incredible actors and, um, and Miriam, I guess, I think Miriam's last name. But, um, some amazing actors on on on, on this. And um, yes, I would love, love, love to pitch some projects and some stories. And some of the people I have uh, several friends who you know, actor friends in, in the industry who've done some other series who say, hey, Benita, did you get to pitch to them yet? Did you send them this? Did you send them that? So I would really love to do that. So I, I don't know if your question is asking me um, specifically, have I, you know, um, sent in my director's reel, <laughs> but I haven't. I went in as an actor and I would love to, we, we have a million great stories, um, such as Marquise's story. Absolutely. To uh, to show that we'd like to, you know, get to the world. So, what I, I may have strayed from your story, 
you asked me what oh, I was just I was just wondering had you thought about uh, BT mental health series where you actually have someone like Dr. Wallace as an actual therapist. I, I let's pitch it. I would love that. I would love that because uh, it, it, you know it, it, it's very popular now. It's done well. The ratings are good, mm -hmm. and uh, and they need some stories from from YouTube. So, let you know. Hey, I, I said we got a team right here. Absolutely. Oh yeah. We we have a team right here. This is this is really this is awesome. And. And the thing is, I think that that it's imp it's important that we talk about it that way because one of the things I think that we struggle with is individualism. There's so yeah. much talent out there, but everybody's trying to do it by themselves, and yeah. they're frustrated in their efforts. Mm -hmm. And we never think about collaborating and coming together because, to be totally honest, we've been conditioned to seek the spotlight because that's the only power we've ever had. So yeah. we need to be seen. We need to be out front. And if we can't get the glory, we don't want to be a part of it. And, you know, we, we fell in that. My thing is right now that I'm really, really pushing hard on is building networks, is building uh, relationships that when somebody wants something done, we don't have to go to them and ask them permission. Right. Right. And when we get to that point, then we start to execute power, something that my grandfather who was i was reared by my great grandfather who was born in 1909 and he was real simple he was a, a son of a sharecropper and he only had a second grade education but he had done very well for himself my great grandmother had owned her own beauty salon uh uh for, for forever and she did until she passed away she was 90 something still in the salon uh and she, and she passed away at 93 but the one thing that I wasn't allowed to do was complain. When I would come complain, I said, "Well, what have you tried? What have you done? You know, what should what, what what do you suggest?" And so, what happened is, I was told you can actually complain if you can show me what you tried before you came to me complaining. And what I found is, the more I sought the solution, the less I complained. And so, my thing is finding solutions, finding ways to get things done that mean something to us, that have value to us. Mm -hmm. And so, the more we find where we have control, we produce our own content. We produce that. These are things that are entering into the gates of our people that have the power of shaping their subconscious, which shapes their behavior. Well, mm -hmm. we're complaining because of the music. We're complaining because of the horror in the films and 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 and. Well, what are we going to do about it is the question. We have to go out and come up with ways to make this happen. It, and it, so that is mm -hmm. you know, where I'm looking at. It's like, yes, we need to connect. We need to stay connected. We need to sit up and come out of our individualism and say, you know what? Four of us, six of us, eight of us, ten of us can definitely do more than one of us. It takes a village. It's it's so, you know, it, it, it does. And that when, you know, that phrase was not coined by uh you know the our ex uh first lady clinton which they said was coined by her but, it, but it's fine that she used it again and again and again and um because it does it's very important that we all you know we we continue to build our community we've been through so much and 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 we've been pushed to desperate times but um, you know, together we can make these these different changes. You know, I I have a story of my 
103-year-old great-grandmother who passed in my arms and and the same we couldn't complain about stuff and 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 that's what you know gave us all of us here you know we have similar stories the drive to do what it is that we do because you know each child you hope is supposed to um do something better than 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 generationally and that's the system broke but it, but, it, but again, it's nothing new, and that's why we have to stay together and 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 continue doing the work, and continue loving up on each other because it's hard out here. And I got stories now where I am I'm in the corporate world also, and in my creative world it keeps me going, it keeps me motivated, it keeps me alive because when I go back into that to that boardroom, I'm invisible, but I make myself heard. You have to, and even even you know, as the president of the company, sometimes you, because of the, you know, I don't want to get out here and start talking about um, sexism and racism, even though we know it exists. Yes, it does, but you know that it, it it's we're used to it. We're a resilient people, and 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 so this is how we can overcome these things by making sure your voice is heard, making sure you're not invisible. And, and it just takes a deep breath, one little simple thought that, yes, I can, I'm going to do this. And then it's one step, one step at a time. You can't run a marathon all of a sudden 10 miles. You take one step, you go around the track and you do one lap, and then you do two, and then you do three, and you keep going. And we encourage each other each other to keep going on this path. But Anyway, I could keep going on and on and talking about this with you guys because the the, the topic is um, it's it's close to my heart, you know. Um, and and it, all of this is very 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 spiritual for me, and and I love it. I love what you guys are doing, and I'm really really just so blessed to to be here with you all. And and, um, and, and I gotta go. I know, I, and I hate to interrupt the the thing like that, but I. Somebody's been on me since. It's okay. We definitely are going to stay in contact with you. Uh, one of the reasons I kind of diverted and uh, Doc, Doc kind of diverted is we knew you had to leave early. Thank so you. So we wanted to get you uh, in and, 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 and hear everything you had to say. I don't think you. you diverted at all. I mean, we could go on and talk right. about so many issues. Right. And we're going to continue our dialogue. But I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. We'll talk. You take care. You take good care. Thank you, Sherry. We'll talk really soon. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm in for one more question if you want. If you know, I hate to just abruptly do that. So, I, Doc, I, what, what do you got? She got one more question. Uh, you got a question down there from one of our uh, listeners. You want to? Oh, awesome! I'm in for that. Okay. It says, it says, Dr. Rick, what do you think about Black society working together and making a system of logistics? meaning coordinating a system that calculates how many tradesmen, collegiate professionals, and citizens, and so forth. And he's been going on, and, and so it's like a threat. And I just want to put that one thing out there so that we could have a foundation. But basically, it goes to the conversation of what we were talking about, about owning the responsibility of fixing what's going on in the community by becoming autonomous and understanding the many challenges that we have. One is going to be that we have an entire generation and maybe two that have been inundated with 
uh, false ideologies, inferiority complexes, and so many other things based off of what they've been feeding themselves via music and media and social media, Instagram and all of that. And so I agree that our way out, and I, Doc, you've heard me say this, is holistic education, that we have to prepare our children early in the game to be able to be prepared and empowered to go out into a world that's inherently hostile towards them and not just compete, but win. And how do you do that? Well, until we see executed power, we, we, we don't believe power exists. We're still waiting on them to fix the problems they created on purpose. And that's not going to happen. So then what do we do? We have to go out and we have to fix it ourselves. So I guess the question to you is, how do you see yourself contributing to what is necessary, this exchange of information that is opposed in in many ways to what most of these kids are out here believing is what, what reality is. See, what fascinates me is there is a solution already embedded in every problem. You said the solution just now. You said it again and again. And it's a cliche to say each one teach one, but when you pass on information, because really there's nothing new under the sun, that's almost a cliche also, but it isn't. This is ancient information that we've had from the beginning of time. If we just tell our kids to read, the curriculums in the school system is broken. So we're not being taught the information that uh, would, would help us progress. And that's on purpose. Yeah, these are things that you just said. The solution is there. Breathe, take a moment to because it's in us, but nobody is telling you that. Each one, teach one. Each one of us have to tell, you know, the the the, the next person, like the, the gentleman at the gas station who I spent an hour talking to. And 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 then, you know, gave him a little money. But we, we exchanged information. He told me about his family. I told him that we had similar things. And, and you know, it was like, nice meeting you. Go get some lunch on me. And, and the, the small things. You know, if, if if we exchange information because there's nothing new under the sun, there it's in the books. You know, we talked about it earlier living in biblical times that we are living times that we've read about. So the solution is <laughs> and, and I would, you know, I, I think exchanging information, which is what you said, and, and, and everything that was said in the gentleman's question, the solution was already there because we have to, you know, build together. And, and you just passed on some information about your friend, Tony, who had some expertise in this, in this situation. And all we have to do is come together and talk. That's the beginning of building our you know, it, it's a, the co-op existed many, many years ago, you know, decades ago when we started a community. And so everybody put their resources together. That's it. And that's what we have to do. And another thing that we have to learn and you breathe through that is not judge each other based on, you know, I, I, I was I said earlier when I talked about the gentleman, I saw the guy say, I said, okay, where's my purse? 
only because I don't do that. Only because the way his eyes were, he was coming after something, but we changed the trajectory of what, what, what could have happened. And you talking, exchanging information, talking, being being heard is the beginning. And then you exchange and you share your resources. And, and that's a very easy, simple thing to do. And then you build from there. So, you know, we're talking in simple terms, how, how we, how we can make this thing happen so that we can rely on each other is, is not, it's, it's, it's cooperating with each other. It's the, we, we have the co-ops where we bought food to the building so that everybody who didn't have food could eat. And we just all cooperate, co- collectively cooperated with one another. And if you read the history books about the, when co-ops began, it's all there. It's, it's, it's all there. Wow. So once again, we definitely thank you for stopping by. You have been a blessing. And I think everybody would agree you have been a blessing to this uh, production. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to continuing to dialogue with you uh, because I think your input is needed. Definitely your spiritual energy is needed. Um, And we underestimate the power of that. Um, And so I'm looking forward to it. And so we're going to let you duck out and go do what you do. We thank you again. We're looking forward to doing it. And we're going to finish up here with Sherry. Um, You have definitely been a blessing. Anything you want to say before she leaves? Thank you, Dr. Rick. I appreciate that. Uh, Just that one of the reasons why we started the teachers was to bring about awareness and to bring grassroots people together to do exactly what that young man uh, said in that question that he asked, which is to bring all fields of human endeavor together and uh, work work on these issues, whether it's uh, police community relations, which Doc and I have worked on, whether it's in our educational institution, higher education, K through 12, criminal justice, we need to be working together in teams, as you say, Doc, you know, um, we need to be building those things, those systems um, to do that. Think tanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't just sit around thinking that actually do something, you know. Right. right. The action could be just if you if you take action and, and you know, simple things and, and make your bed every day and 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 you know the the habits that we form personally, ex- they will expand out. They change the world because then you can create another habit, and and that habit will uh, do, have a domino effect on your your entire environment. And um, then you teach someone else something. And so, so hey, I'll keep going. But but I just so agree, Dr. Blanchard, with with you, Dr. Rick. Dr. Blanchard, let me ask you a question. Because I feel like I saw a post of yours. Do you post on 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 uh, on uh, LinkedIn? Yes, and I'm laughing because I have a book on post called the Black Book of Lamentations. But yes, I do post quite a bit. Dr. Rick, do you post on 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 uh, LinkedIn? LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, quite a bit. Okay, because I haven't. I feel he also, like I. He also, he also posts on LinkedIn because I share a lot of his his material on LinkedIn. So you certainly probably have seen a lot of uh, of his content as well as mine on there. You felt so familiar. 
and and I was thinking maybe I you know ran across. I unfortunately I am just so horrible at the social media thing, and I, my presence is very 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 small there because I just don't have the time, and I don't like saying like, and I don't have to do it. I want to find the time because. Sometimes it's really important, but I feel like I scrolled through something. You guys felt really familiar to me. I don't know if it was the vernacular, which I love, the teachers, um, because it reaches a lot of people. It brings, it resonates. I have to send you the music video for that. I got a music video for that. Oh, please. Yeah. I love it. And 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 so I, I just felt really, uh, it felt very familiar to me. Another reason I said, I, I got to sit down with these, these brothers here. So I appreciate it very much. Was there any other questions? Then I'm going to run. Look, that's hard to go. <laughs> no, we're gonna let you go, but we definitely will be following up with you. Okay, all right. Okay, take care. You know, Thank much you. love to you guys and um, oneness. We'll be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sherry, thank you so much for uh, having Benita on. Like I said, I was kind of uh, up in the air about having her on with you because you all had such extensive backgrounds, but everything um, turned out really well and uh, had a lot of good information in a short period of time from you and both her. We're going to keep in contact with you. Uh, anything okay. you need as far as a resource, uh, Dr. Rick and I are here. Uh, you know, also, for everybody, um, the link for to get uh, Sherry's books is in the description box. Okay. And it'll take you to her website, and you can get a lot more information about mm -hmm. it. Uh, I am absolutely 100% in support of what she's done. There's a blueprint for healing in this. Absolutely. That I am absolutely enamored with and also there is resources for healing absolutely and yeah. and i think that it's a beautiful thing and like i said there's a reason i have an affinity for new orleans <laughs> yeah and uh so food uh, is one <laughs> i can't deny that <laughs> but also the love and, and the way you're right. engaged when you're down there i have not right. have, I'm pretty sure people have, but I haven't had a bad experience when I go into a restaurant. Right. I'm engaged. I'm met like they know me, you know, <laughs> and it's like, hey, you know, all right. I don't know you, but OK, I'm coming in. What you got? You know, and oh, my God, if you had met my mom, Lord, have mercy. She put you to took you to the mountain and you've been looking over the promised land. Hey, I know that's right. But and that's I'm one of the things that a cookbook. That's what I'm working on now. All right, then we got to do that. I'll come. I'll be a taste tester. <laughs> I'm volunteering. Um, yeah. But something my grandmother used to say all the time. She says, "I've never met a stranger." Right. Every time we bring somebody over to the house, like, "Hey," and she'll hug them and kiss them and say, "Excuse right. me," but I've never met a stranger, and right. you get that vibe. In in in, in, in New Orleans, and so and you know, so uh, look. I mean, I love what we were able to do. I'm hoping to have you back on because I want to see where this is going, you know, and what happens. And there's so much out there. And I actually want to be a part of it. I want to give whatever I can give to advancing what it is you're trying to do, because there's so much. Although 
Marquise has been gone for so long. There's still so much he's doing. And when I think about what I heard when I put the fillers out, trying to fill out who he was and get an idea, is he did a bunch of big stuff that everybody's going to remember because it made the papers. But I bet mm-hmm. if into the lives of the people who were just around him, it's the small things yeah. that laid the foundation that people remember because he was genuinely who he was. And to me, right. that's how I hope that you know people remember him. And I know that's probably how you hope you remember is that he was just a guy who loved. And yeah. unfortunately, he didn't get to spend a, a you know an entire life as we do it but sometimes people live an entire life in a very short period of time because they right. take advantage of the opportunities to have an impact and he's one of those right. people so once again thank you for sharing his story and, and your story which is phenomenal as well and like i said I, from where i'm sitting i'm hoping to have you on again well you know next year this will be the last year for my grandson he's 611 wow so he's has offers to Stanford, Harvard, and Princeton, and probably 30, 40 more. But I think he's trying to compete with his dad. <laughs> so I don't know how many scholarships he would have, but he decided to go to the uh, the basketball. So I think that's going to be another story, what I'm saying, because they already write huh? Absolutely. What is his name so we can look out for him? And believe it or not, my son named him part of my name and his name, Mashiach. Wow, okay. <laughs> Looked like it was a planned thing. I don't know. But his name is Shai Hill. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, where he goes to, he's in Austin. So you in, you in Houston, right? I'm in Houston. Dr. Rick, yes. Yeah, he's I'm in, in Houston. Austin. Yeah, well, his mom was, see, he, his mother and my son was not together at the time of the accident. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he was two years old when this happened. So I think he turns, my son will be gone 15 years. So he's about 17 now. Okay. He'll be turning 17. His okay. birthday just passed. No, his birthday coming up. Okay. My grandfather was born at the end of August. My grandson at the end of August. My son born at the beginning of August. My dad born at the beginning of August. How did that come with coincidence? It happened. It huh? <laughs> I say it's crazy how some things happen. Four generations born in August. One of the two at the beginning, one at two at the end. <laughs> well, okay, then. Anyways, I was a. It was an enjoyment to be on the show. And y'all doing an awesome job. I, I really, you know, I really enjoyed it, and it's. My my nephew really dived into you all that y'all was talking about them contracts. <laughs> he all in that, boy. He was up all night looking at y'all shows with the guy talking about whoever that was with the contract. Uh, right, yeah, uh, Roger Grant. Uh, well, see, that's where he's we've been. He's been going to court six years. Mm. Wow, <laughs> with no lawyer. Uh oh, and we try to go on Monday. They they arrested him with no evidence, set him in jail for two years, raped and all. Mm. Yeah, so definitely, that's definitely mm. put put him in contact with me directly. So get my information from Dr. Blanchard, and uh, you guys contact me directly. I want to find out what's going on with it. I want to be involved. Okay, 
I'll get it from you, Dr. Blanchard, here. Absolutely. We'll be in touch on everything. Matter of fact, we're going Monday. This is the sixth. We're going into the sixth year. Okay. Okay. That that says a lot right there, but... uh... Going to court, no, no trial, no nothing. We sent us without a uh, sent us without a trial. Got a mm. stuff is that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we will uh, be talking, and everybody, thank you guys for tuning in and staying with us. Uh, we definitely went over, but I think it was more than worth it. Uh, we're going to continue to try to bring you empowering uh, content through empowered minds. And on that note, once again.